Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You have offended this podcast and you have offended the entire movie making community. It's a softball. I don't want you messing around with softballs. You do everything bad. Softball, nothing. You have found it. This is You Have Offended This Podcast. We are the biggest, the baddest, and the best martial arts movie podcast kicking around this part of the internet. My name is Mike McCarran, and with me, as always, is a man who once owned a goldfish named Moby Dick, Chad Lindsay. How you doing, brother? Yes, yes. Oh, I did. <laughs> Ahab. Ahab the Arab. Remember Call that from Ishmael. Rumble? We called you Ishmael. Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, like this is fun. Like this is, this is such a great movie to go back and revisit. And, you know, you and I have had the discussion, uh, we call boxing a martial art. We call Olympic wrestling, a martial art. It is a fighting art. And this is a great film to go through. I had a really fun time going back. I've seen it a million times, but I still, I still really enjoy this every time I, every time I flick this on. It's so good, man. I haven't watched this in, I think we were chatting earlier today. I don't think I've watched this in 10 years, probably. So going back to watch it again, I was like, oh, I forgot. You forget how good these movies are. You know, you get caught up in the new ones. In the new ones, just because the new ones, the new ones kind of amp you up and make you feel good really quickly. It's like what I imagine a crack pipe is right just like immediately <laughs> you put it on and there's like you know montages and music and all kinds of stuff that get you going uh this film the first hour of this film is basically just here's how shitty it is in this neighborhood yeah here's how shitty rocky's life is here's how shitty Polly's life is here's how shitty adrian's life is and how everybody deals differently with the shittiness and yeah. it's such a great character story. It's really, really well done. Yeah, I mean, it's a, the character study of Rocky, and not, but not just Rocky. Like, like you said, it's Pauly, it's Adrian, it's Gazzo, it's it's Mickey. Like, it's the whole universe of these characters, and the just the the neighborhood. Like, it's just a bucket of suck for everyone. It is. You know, it is. And, then, and you know, the, 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 the finger of Apollo Creed coming down and going, I'm going to pick you. And he just yeah. randomly picks rock. And that changes everything. You know, we're going to we'll get to it when we start talking through the movie. But there's a real quick shot in the background uh, in Rocky's apartment of a, a print by Caravaggio. It's called the, the, the Calling of St. Matthew. And it's a you know, it's Jesus calling on Matthew to become an, a disciple. And, and sort of pulls him out of the crowd to become one of the chosen few, right? Yeah. And obviously the mirror of that with Apollo reaching down and picking Rocky. Like, it's it's so well thought out and well written and well done. But, I mean, even even his name, Apollo Creed, is like the Apostles' yeah. Creed. Like, right? <laughs> this, this movie's got a lot of Catholicism in it. But, I mean, it is a movie that is incredibly inspiring. And at the same time just as inspiring or in some ways even more inspiring the story of the making of this film is it's sylvester stallone's character arc is the same as rocky's character arc in a lot of ways so it really this it is, really is yeah this is just a phenomenal movie that i'm really excited to uh 
to get into and talk about. And, you know, we just talked before we started. You and I both rented this on iTunes. Yep. Because I had the Rocky collection in the 90s all on VHS tape, and I don't know where that is. Yeah, and that uh, if away. I had to hazard a guess, I think it was Crazy Old Katie. That uh, <laughs> <laughs> Crazy Old Katie. I'll take those. Yoink. Uh, I think that's where they ended up, and it's not worth going to going to get them back but this was such a uh this was such a great film now on the on the on the apple movies or itunes or whatever the app is called now they remastered the audio which yes. really threw yeah. me out of the film a, a couple of times because there's some adr in there and some stuff that i'm like well that's okay this is clearly different because i've seen it so many times and it, it it shook me and i have to say i didn't like it but i'm gonna do a rewatch and just maybe i didn't like it because it was different but I, there was some audio mixing in here that 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 shook me that I didn't like. Yeah, it kind of it messes with you a little bit, and I don't know why they would do it. Like, you know, the sound overall is still really. I mean, this was nominated for best sound at the seventy seven Oscars. Yeah, like it's really good. It's real. It's top notch. This movie. We're going to talk about it in a, in a few minutes here, but this movie is a goddamn masterclass in how to low budget make a movie. Oh. Like this, it, this is a fucking masterclass, dude. This is this is the masterclass. Like, if you want to make a, a film on a low budget, like you need to study this. And one of the things that we'll get into is nothing in this film looks like a set because it's not a fucking set. Like, yeah, everything, right? everything in this film looks like an actual place in Philadelphia. Like, it really, really does. Like, this is such a believable film with all of the locations. Maybe there are some sets, but I don't. Th I don't think there is. Like every place looks like a real place, and other than that audio change they made, like this movie pulls you in, and you don't even realize that you're an hour into the film before there's any sort of change in Rocky's life. Like that's yeah. it's phenomenal. Yeah, literally half the movie is gone before the change happens. Of like, oh, I got to train for Creed now. It's an hour of setup. You were talking about this before when we talked about female leads and how female leads just kind of in, in more current movies kind of jump in and they're already awesome at everything. That's what they're doing today. Yeah. Like that's what they're doing today. But in like what, when we did Lady Snowblood, the buildup of her character and the training and the, the trials she went through and the hardships when she was young, like all that buildup really invests you in the character and this is a, a ridiculous amount of that to the point where you're like, okay, like let's go rock. Come on, son, you know, drink them. Yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but that's, I think that's one of the problems they're doing with films today. Just generally in Hollywood, a lot of them are like, okay, we got to get right to the action right away, but you miss out on that character development. And I think they're doing it more so with female protagonists because they, I don't know. I think that perhaps they don't want to make them weak, but when we even did uh, China O'Brien, yeah. China O'Brien's story starts out with a huge fucking tragedy because she shoots a kid. Do you know? Like, yep, you wouldn't exactly. see that in a film today. Like, she she is distraught. She quits her job. She moves back home. Yeah. And then her dad gets blown up. She goes through a lot. And she is actually a well-fleshed-out character because she dresses well she carries herself well some people start talking shit to her and she's just like hey excuse me uh you know pardon me step out of my way i'm trying to leave like you know yeah. she's not just walking around like a one note character and then you know when it's time to throw down she throws down and it's much more satisfying and i think that's one of the things that this film does so well it's like by the time rocky adrian and 
to a lesser extent, Pauly start getting ahead, it feels really good. Like you just you just feel so much investment in these characters that the payoff the payoff is through the roof you're tearing up like you're tearing up several times through this movie you really do like yeah absolutely absolutely this is a tremendous tremendous movie for well i mean you know the the american film institute this was listed in the afi as the number four most inspiring film of all time i can see it like guess what the first three are (laughs) Uh, Rocky 2 and Rocky 3? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, that's what they should be? <laughs> I don't know. I was just, I was just fucking making a joke. But, well, you know, what are they? What are the most That's what, that's what they ones? should be. The the number one, two, three in order are It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, yes. To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. And Schindler's List. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, to to have Rocky number four under those three... I'm okay with that. And just by way of a side note, a film we did in season one, The Karate Kid, came in at number 98. So, Well, the thing is, like, when we talk about this genre of films, fighting films, you know, it's so cool that we can get this real character-driven story where we're watching somebody go through hell and fight their way through their own personal hell and come out the other side a different person, a changed person, a better person. Yeah. And you get that in this film, you get that in The Karate Kid, and then sometimes in this genre, like we're like, okay, we're going to watch Steven Seagal straight kick the fuck out of like everybody <laughs> for 82 minutes. He'll never get touched. He'll never be challenged. He's basically just going to beat up people, murder them, buy his wife a stuffed bear, have sex with her. She gets blown up. He just moves on like nothing happened. <laughs> I, I like one. that aspect of it too. Like there's ninjas. Like this this whole martial arts genre is rich uh, with different things that can provide entertainment for you kind of in ever whatever kind of pocket you want. And this film is like the most inspirational one. Like I watch this, I want, I'm, I'm like, okay, our podcast is going to be the biggest one in the world. And uh, we're going to do this. <laughs> like, I'm so psyched after watching this, man. I was so psyched. Yeah. It gets you, it gets you amped up like almost nothing else can. All right. So let's get into this dude. Can we just do a quick shout out to those folks out in Richardson, Texas? Hell Yeah. Is- our number one city for listeners in the United States. So, hello everyone in Richardson, Texas. What up, Richardson? You rule. Keep that shit up. All right, so rocking right into Rocky here. <laughs> Didn't plan that, but it worked out. This came out in 1976, and the story behind this apparently is that St- this is insane. The story behind this because Stallone wrote the screenplay originally, and. Erwin Winkler and Robert Chartoff wanted to buy the script. So they offered Stallone $350,000 for the rights to the script. At that time, Stallone had $106 in his bank account. He had no car and he had to sell his dog because he couldn't afford to feed it. And he still fucking said, no, I would like to star in it. And they were like, all right, so Winkler and Chartoff took that to United Artists and said, here's the script. We really dig it. And the studio was like, okay, this is a good script. Let's get Robert Redford. Let's get James Caan or Ryan O'Neill or Burt Reynolds. We'll put them in the star to star in it, and uh, it'll be dope. And they were like, yeah, um, the condition, he's going to let us buy it, but he has to star in it. 
And they were like, oh, well, we were going to give you $2 million to make it, but fuck that. Here's $1 million and uh, you better fucking stay on budget. Oh, and you got 28 days to shoot it. Unbelievable story. It's insane. You just think, you just think about that. You know, he is absolutely broke. And just the way that this story parallels to his own is just incredible. And how many people, how many people, dude, like seriously, how many people who are flat fucking broke would turn down that $350,000 to sell his script and just say, well, I'll just write another one. He didn't. He held on like the balls, balls, like that old Bill Hicks bit. He must carry his balls around in a wheelbarrow. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> balls Excuse coming me? through, like just walking out of the office with his balls in a hand truck in yeah. front of him. Like, fuck, dude. That's crazy confidence in yourself. But, I mean, fuck, dude. Shit worked out. So yeah. good on him. Yeah, this opening, opening. Uh, <laughs> I want to call it a fight scene, this boxing match at this bullshit little convenience center church hall or whatever that they're in fighting in where he's fighting Spider. Well, I mean, the thing that's crazy is that, like, you know, you open you open on an image of Jesus holding his <laughs> yeah. chalice, and they're fighting in the Resurrection Athletic Center. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of Catholic themes throughout that are that are relatively subtle, but uh, well, yeah, even the, Resurrection itself is the theme of yeah, this movie, right? Yeah, Resurrection, and you know, he's he's basically just in a in a shit fight with Spider Rico. And, uh, yeah, the two of them just, they're not boxing. They're just no. slamming. But the thing that's really slam, interesting Spider is... Spider headbutts him, and then Rocky sp- snaps. You yeah. Know, beats the living snot out of Spider. Like, literally gets on top of him and ground and pounds him. Yeah. You know, while the crowd is throwing betting slips in the ring. At- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think we get our first clue here, because Rocky's in the corner, and his corner man is saying... You're fighting like a bum. Do you want some advice? And he's like, water. And, you know, he's not, Rocky is not listening to anybody's advice, which is like a key part of the story. And then he said, listen, I, you know, if you want some really good advice and he's like mouthpiece, like Rocky is not taking any advice, criticism, critique. He's just basically going out there and fighting like a bum. He believes he's a bum. And throughout the movie, everybody calls him a bum. Yeah. Yeah, he's a that's his thing, right? He's he's his own guy and he wants to do it his way. He wants to make it or not make it on his own dime, which, you know, again, like you said, mirrors Stallone. Yeah, but I I think in a lot of ways like this film is this film is about our two people, Rocky and Adrian, where uh people say things about you long enough that you actually start believing them. And yeah. I really, I really think that that's a big part of it because throughout this movie, like he steps out of the ring and people are calling him a bum everywhere he goes. Spider Rico in the in the dressing room gives him absolutely no respect and just says you got lucky. Yep. And then of course we get the promoter who comes in and starts to pay them and just starts showing how much he's cutting out of their actual pay yeah. for all these different fees and shit. So peeling off singles to pay his fighters, like Jesus Christ, dude, come on, what are you doing? Yeah, it's uh it basically just shows just how horrible his life is and how he gets absolutely no respect from anybody in his life, anybody yeah. in his neighborhood. And he's getting his ass kicked for literally nothing. Like it was what did he get paid 40 bucks or something like that, 46 bucks? To, yeah, to get he his head smashed in. $40.55 or something and spider 
lost, so Spider got like 17 bucks. Like, it's just, it's no money. No, it's no money at all. It's absolutely insane that anybody For getting your face like fucking caved in off that headbutt, too. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. He's, like, this is... he's hurt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely insane. Tremendous. I'll tell you, man, the cinematography in this movie is really good. The shots, like, for listen, for a $1 million budget, they went $100,000 over for which Winkler and Chartoff mortgaged their houses to cover that. Mm. For a million bucks, this movie's it looks great. It looks well, so good. What I found really interesting on this, like renting it, because I watch it on VHS like dozens of times when I owned it, um, you really get a better feeling for the cinematography here in this remaster. Yeah. Despite the fact that I wasn't crazy with some of the audio choices they made, the video, you really get to see like the pockets of light and shadow. And, you know, when his brother uh, Frank Stallone is, you know, amongst the bums that are singing around the burning garbage around can. The trash can, yeah. Yeah, the trash can. Like, the, the, the lighting here. And it might just be streetlights, dude. It I might think just it is, be, honestly, but there's dude. a certain. Yeah there's a certain depth to it and a realism like this at no point do you ever think you're watching a movie you actually think you're watching a guy like in a shit neighborhood in philadelphia yeah there's some there is some really really smart uses of either ad libs or mistakes or shit that didn't work out but they decided to go with it and work it that that made this movie really really work out well and we'll we'll get to yeah, them as we get to where, them, but damn. Yeah, where Paulie says something like uh punch lung like Paulie like is supposed to be drunk and he says a line that doesn't make any sense. Like he's gonna say like punch his lungs out, but he's like lung punches blah and it yeah. just it just feels so real, like when he says it. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, Rocky walks past the 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 acapella I'm gonna call them a group, but you know, the uh, gathering of hoodlums outside a, a trash can really and then he goes back to his apartment here, his shitty little apartment, and he says hi to his pets, uh, Cuff and Link, the turtles, which yeah, Stallone still, as of June of 2020, still has Cuff and Link. Really? Yeah, they're still around. He still owns Cuff and Link. They're still turtles. He still has them. As of June of last year, I don't know if anything happened, but from 1976 oh until last year, at least, he probably still has them. Those are still with him. I assume Moby Dick is not around anymore. Yeah, there's no way the goldfish do not live the same way as the the species in the terrapin world have a longer lifespan. But (laughs) man, that's crazy. I never, I never in a million years would have thought. No, no, me neither. But his shit apartment looks really good. It's such a dude shitbag guy apartment. Look, he's got these knives. He hangs his hat on a fucking knife that's stuck in like a brass knuckle handled knife. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Two of the brass knuckle handled knives. Like and the mattress later is stuck to the wall that he punches with a yeah. knife. Like he's, yeah. he's obviously a fucking crazy person. But it's cool. I like the scene here where he looks at himself when he's eight, the picture. Yeah. And you can see that like the, the look looks, man, Stallone's really good in this because he's looking at that with the look of like, fuck, man, what this shit happened to me? Because he's looking at the picture and looking at himself in the mirror. And yeah. then back and forth of like, fuck, man, like that wasted potential. I am a bum. Like he, like you said, he's believing the shit that's being said about him. The thing that's crazy is like, there's no, 
There's no dialogue. There's no exposition. There's no voiceover. He's not like, what the hell happened to me? He just looks at it and you feel it. Like, you know that he feels like, the fuck happened to my life? Like, he has that moment. And then he just gets ice out of his uh, refrigerator. And then, of course, like, when you look, when he gets on his bed, there's some boxing posters. But he does have a cross on his wall. Boxing memorabilia. I think he's got some memorabilia trophies everywhere. And uh, even like a little bronze, I think it's a bronze baby (laughs) boot that he has up there as well. So you can tell that there was, that he had a better life at some point. Yes. Yeah. And then we get uh, him going into the pet shop and the introduction of uh, Yo Adrian here, Talia Shire. She's fucking fantastic in this too. When I was younger, a, a teenager, I didn't pay a whole lot attention to her because I don't think I, I hadn't had relationships do you know what i mean and you you just don't quite get it and like you know as you get older you actually realize just how she's going through shit too and yeah she's believing all this stuff because everybody's like treats her like crap yep her boss thinks she's an asshole and paulie treats her like shit and she's completely guarded her guard is up like throughout this film like her guard is up like throughout the film, we'll get to it in those moments, but he's talking to her and she's like, she's questioning whether he's being sincere or not, because you know, people yep. have probably just fucking pranked her and just been yep. cruel to her. So her guard yep. is up. Like, even when he says to her later on, you know, I think you're beautiful. And she's like, don't tease me. Yeah. Don't tease me. Like, like she literally says, don't tease. He's like, I'm not teasing you i like legit think you're fucking yeah and she doesn't say it like you know like a girl who is like being flirty like oh don't tease don't stop no she's just like hey don't tease me like no she's fucking hurt yeah she thinks he's fucking with her yeah because everybody else does that right everybody talia shire dude talia shire this movie rocky is the third film in five years for her that won best picture she's coming off the godfather and The Godfather 2. Yeah. Both of those won Best Picture, and so did this. Like, yeah, that's a she would run. Have like, uh, I think it was like 72, 74, 76 for her. Yeah. 72, 74, and then this in 76. Yeah. For Best Picture. Like, that's a run, son. That's yeah, she's, good. She's God damn. Let's in John Cazal territory, you know? <laughs> she was, and, and on top of that, because this was low budget, Talia Shire was paid $7,500. <laughs> For this Jesus. <laughs> How I bet you she raked it in on the, on the sequels though. Well, I mean after The Godfather, it's like, "Hey, do you want to do this movie? You play a pet store girl that can't speak." <laughs> Everybody calls names and thinks it's stupid. Like, yeah. She's like, "Yeah, absolutely." So, no, yeah, she does she's she's, she's fucking in awesome movie. in this. Tremendous. And then we see Rocky's other, I guess his main job where he goes to the the dock here and shakes down Bob for uh, for the cash that he owes to Gazzo. And uh, he doesn't break Bob's thumb as he was supposed to if Bob didn't have the money. He wouldn't even take Bob's coat to hawk that, it and well, get the money. And the thing that's really great about this is they make you they make you empathize with Rocky because despite the fact that everything around this guy is total garbage, nobody respects him, nobody treats him with any level of dignity whatsoever. I mean, Gazzo's yep. nice to him, but he's an employee. But yeah, it's 
it shows that he he doesn't change, right? Like later in the film, there's a guy passed out on the street. Rocky picks yep. him up and brings him inside. You know, he's yep. about to break. He's supposed to break this guy's thumb, but he doesn't. He just like gives him a serious tongue lashing. Yeah, but it it just shows you that he's not a bad guy, and he's down in he's down, but he's not allowing it to change him, despite the fact that he believes what everybody says about him that he's a piece of garbage well that's what keeps him there i think he start he believes he's garbage which is why when mickey later says you had the goods to be a good boxer but you went to work for this fucking two-bit leg breaker you know loan shark yeah. asshole like you believe the shit about yourself and off you went right yeah and now he's got this driver fucking with him from gazo yeah buddy i wanted i wanted rocky to punch that dude in the face yeah, I think it's just like it's just part of the film where everybody treats him like shit. And then they he basically drops Rocky off and uh like it's just this garbage place. Yeah, making making uh the stop here with Gazzo when Gazzo takes Rocky over to the the in front of the trains there and Gazzo gives him the, "Hey man, why didn't you break that dude's thumbs like I said?" And Rocky explains to him why he didn't. In this scene, the guy that plays Gazzo, he uh as he's talking to him, that's Joe Spinell. He uh, takes out an asthma inhaler and, and puffs it in his mouth. That wasn't part of the scene. Joe Spinell actually has asthma. Oh, really? And he was having an asthma issue in that scene and just took his fucking puffer out and took it in the middle of the scene. Jeez. And, uh, and John, uh, John Avildsen, the director, was like, thought it just lended this air of realism to the scene and just left that shit in. That is really cool. And it's it really works. It does. And you know, this lone shark shithead with asthma. But they're in <laughs> like know? a real place with like real graffiti and real trash. Like it like they did not dress this. Like it's just no. a shit location, which that's why I this doesn't even feel like a movie. It feels like a fucking documentary, dude. Like it really does. Like it's yeah. it's so authentic. They did shoot a lot of this guerrilla style with no permits. Like they just went out and shot shit. I was thinking about that when I was watching it today because I was like, I'm willing to bet you that they just found spots and just set up and shot and moved on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of the running stuff, they just let him run through markets. There's one scene where he's running like at dawn along the train or the the shipyard, I think. Yeah, man. They were just driving and they were like, wow, that's pretty. Sly, get out and run. And he just got out and started fucking running. They just filmed that shit. And it looks beautiful. You know, it's a really good shot. So there's a lot of opportunities that they took and you know mistakes that were made that they capitalized on like the asthma thing like the the gorilla filming style it's really great that they took advantage of those things in the way that they did rock goes into the gym here now and he finds after this fight with spider that his lock on his locker has been changed he can't get into his locker Mm. and he tries he tries a couple times he realizes fuck this is a new lock what the shit takes the fire extinguisher off the wall and smashes the lock off after he checks the uh, combination that he has in his hat. I think hat. it's so funny that he has the combination in his hat <laughs> know, on a tiny right? slip of paper. I thought that was I thought that was awesome. Like Such a I great forgot detail. about that. Yeah. Yeah, I totally great. when he took it out of his hat, I was like, "Oh my god, he keeps his combo in his fedora. That's fucking hysterical." Cuz like in high school, you could see all the the idiots would like put the combination like in their shoe or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or they'd have it under their, the, the, the little folded part of the inside of their ball hat or something. But he smashes the lock off, and there's a bunch of other shit in there. It's some other guy's stuff. And uh, 
the 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 gym assistant here comes in and tells him what's up and realizes oh rock got kicked out of his locker after six years he puts his shit in a bag and it hangs, hangs it on the wall in what row. they call skid yeah. row right yeah and, man uh, fuck that like again he's getting treated like a piece of shit yeah and he goes out to talk to mick about it and mick basically tells him what's what and he just takes it well, yeah, he takes the shit from Mickey, and Mickey's like, yeah, Dipper needed it. Dipper's got promise. And even Dipper, the guy in the ring, that actor's amazing, too. He's been in a lot of shit. Yeah, that's Stan Shaw. He's fucking good, man. Yeah. he uh, He's just like, hey, I love your new locker. And even Mickey laughs. Mickey's like, I dig, yeah. I dig your new locker. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, Talk shit to him, like, Dip. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dipper. Yeah, tell that motherfucker off. Let's uh, <laughs> let's let's all make fun of him together. Let's all put our hands on our hips and laugh as we lean back. <laughs> and that concludes part one of the podcast. Come back tomorrow for part two, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for three, four, and the exciting conclusion, part five. If you would like to get the full podcasts again, go to patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast to become a patron for as low as $5 a month. You can get all of our full podcasts on Sunday night before everybody else. If you don't want to do that, you can go to offendedpodcast.com and you can buy some merchandise there. That'll give us a little bit of a help and it'll also give you something cool to rep the podcast that you know you love. You can also follow us on our social media. So go to Twitter at YHOTP, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. You can just search You Have Offended This Podcast. Leave us your film recommendations there. Anything you want to see, we are open to as long as it has kick and punching and some violence. So we'd love to hear from you. Please engage with us. Please leave us a review anywhere you download your podcast. That would be greatly appreciated. If you could, please also recommend us to your friends, family, loved ones, hated ones. We will take recommendations anywhere we can get them. Thanks once again for listening, and you have offended this podcast. We'll be back in your ears soon.